add a bit of sunshine to your home with Easy Living Furniture's Garden Furniture Sale with stunning dining sets, cracking egg chairs and relaxing sun loungers that are in stock and ready for delivery there really is something for everyone and with an extra 10% off sale prices and free delivery over 399 now really is the time to let your garden shine Garden Sale now on Visit Easy Living Furniture Don't miss out Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Leia Healthcare It's good to live Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry Folks, welcome to the latest episode of the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry I hope you had a fantastic start to the new year and thank you so much for listening in to the last episode with the real resolutions. For today's episode, it's my top 10 fitness myths busted episode. In around now, I'd love to have a look online and see just what people are doing, what people are talking about, what people are thinking, and then seeing what's true and what's not true. There are so many uh, misconceptions around health at this time of year and so many myths out there. A lot of them are the same as previous years, but every now and again, there's a couple of new ones that come up and you're like, that is absolute nonsense. Uh, So I thought it's really important to do an episode, especially now because this is the time of the year when people are doing all of the gimmicks, all of the quick fixes that we know don't work in the long term. They're not good for your health. They're not good for your metabolism. Um, and I thought this is the perfect time to do a myths episode and just bring you through 10 ones that jump out at me when I, when I researched it online and talk you through them about why they, they're true or not true or how to kind of get the real truth behind them. So as ever with our top 10 episodes, grab your pen, grab your paper or the notes on your phone and take some notes as we go along. And as always, don't be afraid to share with anyone who's trying to get fit at the moment and might be doing some of these uh, the wrong way. Just pop them a share link and they will be able to listen in too. Okay, let's get cracking. So the first one, it is back around. Uh, I saw it uh, when I was looking on Instagram over the course of the last few days. Um, that sit-ups can get you a six-pack. Uh, first of all, everyone who's listening in, everyone in my studio here uh, has a six-pack. We all have them. It's what keeps us uh, stable. It's what keeps us sitting upright and not falling over, or part of it anyway. What covers and, and differentiates one person from the next is the quantity of fat that covers uh, the stomach area. That's that, that's what makes us different. So the person on Dancing with the Stars, who you see who has a six-pack while they're dancing, versus the person sitting on the couch with you who may not have a six-pack. The difference between the two of those people is the quantity of fat on their body, and that fat covers that area, especially if you have that apple kind of shape that so many Irish men and women have, which is where the most dangerous kind of fat is, and the visceral fat as well. So, uh, sit-ups will do absolutely nothing to the visuals of that area. It'll do nothing whatsoever. It will tone maybe if you're really, really, really weak uh, or post-pregnancy. It can help the tone of some of the muscles uh, within the abdominal region. But that's pretty much it. It doesn't tackle the fat uh, in, around the stomach area whatsoever. So you're asking me, how can I get a flatter stomach or a six-pack? Well, the reality is... Uh, it's cardiovascular work, first of all. Um, so it's intensive cardiovascular work where you get, you're getting slightly out of breath or getting fully out of breath. And then it's resistance training as well. So it's lifting some weights or even lifting yourself. You are a weight. Your body weight uh, and body weight exercises are perfect for uh, reduce, or in, uh, reducing fat mass and increasing muscle mass generally. So it's cardio, it's resistance, and obviously 
it's food. Food is 60 to 70% of the results, especially for the stomach area in terms of bloating and in terms of how your gut kind of functions. We need lots of lots of healthy foods. So lots of lean proteins, lots of colored vegetables on your plate. Every meal should contain protein and then half your plate should be salad and vegetables and lots of water. And that's pretty much it. The other key thing is remember that it takes time for those results to happen. Um, so don't expect them within the space of two weeks after listening to this episode that if you don't do those things, you're going to have a six pack. You're not. It takes a little bit of time. But the key thing is sit-ups, core work, all of that, uh, apart from an overall exercise routine, it's good. But in terms of that magic six-pack that uh, we all seem to want, no, it does nothing for that area whatsoever. You've got to do a much more balanced approach. Make sense? Okay, good. Um, the second one is that uh, workouts are only effective if it's really, really difficult and you're absolutely in bits for a couple of days after the workout. So if you're really sore and really struggling with the workout, that that's when it's beneficial. Again, I have a real issue with this because I think this is one of the most, uh, the biggest turnoffs for people when it comes to exercise is the fact that it seems to be really hard and too hard and people conjure people who are grunting and groaning in the gym, lifting huge weights and things being so difficult and people collapsing on the floor. That is one style of working out. Um, uh, it is good for the people who want to do it, but for the general population, is it healthy? In my opinion, no, it's not. Exercise, first of all, should be fun. You should enjoy it. Exercise should be challenging and challenging enough to change the body so that the body improves. So that challenge can be, it doesn't have to be getting fully out of breath or being absolutely wrecked. It's just challenging the body in some way, shape or form and finding that challenge that works for you that isn't too hard. Should you be sore after the workout? A little bit of soreness is good. Uh, I've always said that a good personal trainer will do a workout that certainly initially that you're not too sore after the session. And as you get fitter and you recover quicker, the trainer will push you harder and harder. Any trainer who brings you in on their first session and makes you really sore after the session, to me, is inexperienced, irresponsible, and uh, not worth the money that you're paying them because it, it's a negative. Being really sore, it impacts everything. It's just, it's not a positive. Um, it's not a positive thing to get from a workout. So it should start nice and slow and build it up. But remember, it doesn't have to be the hardest thing ever. So a more uh, meditation is fantastic exercise. It's good for your mind. Yoga, Pilates, brilliant. Tai Chi, fantastic. And they're not typically what you would perceive to be really difficult, but they're so good for your health. So it doesn't have to be incredibly hard. Remember that, and it is really important. And if you are going to a gym or a class or a boot camp um, and you're in bits for three, four, five days later afterwards, discuss it with the trainer, bring it up with them, and um, they should adjust the workout for you so that you're not getting that kind of impact. In my opinion, it's more a negative, and it also increases the, uh, the injury profile massively which is something we're seeing more and more in the industry because there's so many inexperienced and unqualified people within the industry. The quantity of injuries and um, muscle problems is increasing and it's off the Richter scale. Even in terms of insurance, I went to reinsure uh, last year and Aviva as the main insurer for PTs in Ireland have left um, because of the quantity of claims going in. So go somewhere experienced um, and remember it doesn't have to be go hard or go home as an approach, only if that's the kind of training that you like should you train that way. Okay, um, this is one that I came across yesterday, that running is better than walking. Uh, no, it is definitely not. Um, running is better than walking if you like to run. That's when it's beneficial. If you like to walk, 
fantastic. If you like to cycle, brilliant. Whatever your sport is, it doesn't really matter because you've got to enjoy your sport. Where some people think that running is better is because of the fact that it's harder. So the key lesson there is whatever your sport is, it has to be hard enough to challenge the body to change. So you should be out of breath, but still able to hold a conversation. And the, the course that you walk or run or cycle on or whatever should be different, but there should be challenge, it should, your body should be challenged. And if it's not challenged, you're not getting going to get the results from it. So running is not necessarily better than walking. Running places, and I'm a runner, by the way, Runner places running places a lot more uh, weight on your joints. If you have if you're carrying extra weight, your joints are doing a huge amount more work. Running increases your injury profile. Uh, it, you know it's not necessarily better, but it, if you enjoy it, it's fantastic. I'm generally walking's biggest fan. If you listen to the show over the last uh, year and a half or so, or watch the TV show or whatever, you'll know that walking is one of my big things because it's free. It's simple. Anyone can do it. And once you're walking fast enough, it is beneficial for the body. So the key thing there in terms of what exercise is best, the answer is the exercise that you enjoy the most. Okay, pretty simple. If you enjoy it, you keep doing it for the long the long term, and that's the goal when it comes to health. Tip number four, weights are going to make me bigger or bulkier or more muscular. Um, this is a misconception, I think, especially amongst women, um, to be honest. They think that when they go to lift a weight in the gym, they're going to be very, very muscular, very powerful, and get that kind of powerful build. Not necessarily true. Um, it's very, first of all, for women, it's very difficult to do because you haven't got testosterone as a, in, in the body, which is what makes that happen. The type of training required to make that happen is very, very heavy lifting, real kind of powerful stuff, which is brilliant if you enjoy it, but don't, but the look will go with it if that's how you train for most people, not all, but most. Um, weights are crucial. We know from experience myself, roughly one in 10 people uh, will lift weights in some way, shape, or form. Yet, as a form of exercise, it will deliver more benefit than any other form of exercise that exists in terms of anti-aging, in terms of bone protection, in terms of health benefits, dropping body fat, uh, the, the metabolic uh, burn after the workout, everything you really want from exercise, weights will deliver it. As you get older, you naturally uh, lose muscle and you naturally gain body fat. Weights will help to slow that down. You will keep the mental muscle that you have or you'll gain muscle a little bit too, which is what we need as we get older. It protects us against trips, falls, illness. Uh, it keeps you firm. It keeps your arms toned. You feel good. keeps your shape. Brilliant. That all happens from lifting weights or lifting your body in some, in, you know, press-ups, dips, uh, squats, lunges, all of that kind of stuff is weight-bearing exercise and it's what you need to do. In the gym, uh, in terms of bulking, it's it's so difficult to do. The rep range that you use is important. A very low rep range with very, very heavy weight loads um, from a physique perspective can, in some people, give that kind of more powerful physique. So, for example, with my clients, I generally use 15 reps, 12 reps maybe, but generally 12 to 15 is the rep range that I would use with clients. And you're struggling on the last two reps of every single movement that you do. So the last two movements are hard. And by doing that, that's the challenge that we talked about earlier on and that forces the body to change and to adapt. But trust me, it's the one thing you need to do to keep healthy in the long term is some form of weight-bearing exercise or lifting a weight in a gym. 
the more you do, the healthier that you're going to be in the long term. So it's really, really important. Okay, um, halfway through, here's number five, is that you're too old to exercise. Uh, I got contacted by email by somebody who had been told that they were 70 and they were too old to do some exercise and that they shouldn't. Um, I don't buy into that at all. I think it's a total myth. The older you are, the more important and the more uh, crucial exercise is going to be for your life. Not just the physical benefits. So as we get older, as I said, you lose muscle. You're more inclined to trip, fall, breakages. Muscle stops up from happening. It gives you stability and it gives you strength and it gives you just strength to live, which is brilliant. Um, but the feel-good benefits from exercise are crucial when it comes to mental health, which we know as people age can be a bigger problem. Movement is what you need to, to help to sort that out in terms of endorphins and the feel-good happy hormones that come from that. Movement is going to do it. Comes back to the same things that I always come back to, which is make sure exercise is fun and challenge yourself a little bit. One of the resolutions that we put in uh, last week's ep was to scare yourself or face the fear every now and again. And this is a lovely way to do it that if you're looking for exercise, have a look for a class. But age is no barrier. My oldest client uh, ever was 84, from recollection, maybe 83 or 84. Um, I have loads of clients in their 60s. Uh, I have clients in their 70s. And they can do, remember, exercise is, is what you want to get from it. So it could be doing a press-up, doing a tricep dip, doing a squat. It could be doing a squat with loads of weights. It just depends what the, what the goal is. But you are never, ever, and don't let anyone tell you that you're too old to exercise because the reality is that you are not. The older you get, the more important movement is. So make sure you get it done. Folks, we're halfway through uh, the latest Real Health podcast episode in association with Leia Healthcare. And we're just busting some myths that are around there this January that really we know are not true. Um, and it's really important just to spread the word that this is what you have to do. And here's the truth behind them. We're halfway through. We're going to head through the next five now. Um, this is my favorite one. Every year, every month, I see it. I see it all over the place. Um, clients who come in to me say, it to, say that they've been told it that, you know, th that muscle is heavier than fat. No, let's just take a moment and realize that this is not true and never been true and never will be true. Um, muscle and fat weigh the exact same. So a pound of apples is the same weight as a pound of oranges. A pound of feathers is the same weight as a pound of coal. They're a pound. They are the same weight. They are two different things. One doesn't turn into the other magically. They're two separate elements. What is different between the two is the quantity of space they take up on the body. So muscle is very compact. It's very, very tight. If you think of a pound of steak, for example, and the quantity of space that takes up on, on, on the plate is probably about your fist size. Um, it's compact, it's tight, it's firm, it's solid. A pound of fat then takes up more space on the body. So there's more volume, takes up more space and more room. And it's softer and squidgier. Um, the very simple body fat test, you can do it and you can do all kinds of body fat testing and it is really important to do. We know that Irish people are becoming more aware about the fact that when you lose weight, fat is what you want to lose, but fat wiggles, it moves, it's soft. Uh, if you want to test your own body fat levels without going to any gym or anywhere, stand in front of the mirror naked later on this evening or later this morning and just have a bit of a wobble. Generally, pretty much everything that wobbles around is fat, um, where muscle won't do that. And that's a very simple way to show you the difference between the two. They both weigh the same. One takes up more space than the other. So fat takes up more space than muscle. This is why um, if you have two people standing beside each other, I always use the Irish rugby team as prime examples for this because they're big, burly men full of um, muscle. 
If you stand an Irish rugby team player who's 15 stone beside uh, an Operation Transformation leader who's 15 stone, the Operation Transformation leader will have more body fat. They will take up more space in front of your eye line. So they'll look like a bigger person because fat takes up more space in the body. So they'll look bigger, but they weigh the same. So muscle does not take up, is not heavier than fat in any way, shape or form, but it just takes up less space on the body and it's more compact, which is why we promote um, muscle gain as being so important, or one of the reasons anyway. And it's great for toning and for shape and symmetry and all of that. Um, so we do need muscle on our body. The beauty of having it on your body as well is the fact that it burns more calories just to keep itself there than fat does. So the more muscle you have, the more calories you burn on a daily basis. So that's one of the be another benefit of resistance. I'm going to sell resistance training all the time. But that's another benefit of resistance training. By having more muscle, you naturally burn more calories because the body has to work harder to keep the muscle there. That makes sense? So if anyone tells you that uh, muscle's heavier than fat, no. If you're listening in on a, on a phone, do a quick Google and just put fat and muscle uh, into Google, Google search, Google image search, and you will see uh, there's loads of them, one and five pounds of muscle and five pounds of fat. Have a look at those and look just how different the quantity of space that the five pounds of fat takes up relative to the five pounds of muscle. Okay, number seven. Um, this is something we see all the time in Operation Transformation. I see it privately too. People come in thinking that health is expensive, that it's too expensive to eat healthily, it's too expensive to get healthy because I have to go to the gym or whatever. Nonsense, absolute nonsense, total nonsense. Uh, take 25 euro and go and do a shop uh, where you go to the veg aisle and just buy fruit and veg and watch the quantity of fruit and vegetables you can buy for 25 euro. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, it's a total myth that uh, healthy food is expensive. Now, don't get me wrong, if you're an avocado buying household, uh, avocados can be expensive, but they're not necessity. Healthy food, fruit, vegetables, lean meats such as chicken, turkey, um, they're not expensive. They are no more expensive than the, the, than the, the unhealthy foods that people replace them with. Okay, and they're just not. So, especially, you know, some of the, the, the likes of Little, Aldi, amazing value when it comes to fruit and veg, as well as super value in Dunn's. So I'm not picking any particular any particular places out, but vegetable and fruit are cheap and they should take up half of your plate when you're eating your lunch and when you're eating your dinner. Um, so buy them and pile them on and they are not expensive. In terms of movement and, and expensive movement, yes, gyms can be expensive. There's a new gym launching in Dublin with the most expensive membership I've ever seen for a gym in Ireland. Doesn't mean you have to go, no. Walking can be exercise. Uh, Press-ups, uh, squats, lunges while listening to the podcast or exercise. There's free exercise machines being put in place by the councils all around the country. They're free. They don't cost a penny. So you don't have to go to the expensive gym or the expensive class. You don't have to buy all the expensive gear because any old gear will do. Um, ideally, once it's not cotton so that it doesn't hold the sweat. But you don't have to spend money to get healthy in terms of food, in terms of exercise, even in terms of on a government level, there are huge quantities of, of healthy Ireland content material which can help you on their website that are downloadable or visible straight away. And even the library system have an amazing array of healthy um, library books. I'm delighted to say my own book was uh, in the top 20 uh, um, taken out library books last year. Uh, and, 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 you know, libraries have an amazing array of health books Two, so like there's nothing that holds you back 
in terms of health. If you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, which I hope you do, you'll know that generally we push free stuff and we tell you how to do stuff for free or to do it very simply. So it doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be complicated. Health can, should and can be as simple as possible. Number eight, uh, this is my personal soapbox, so you're going to have to excuse me for the next two minutes while I go off on a rant, but I'm going to rant away anyway. Um, that The next myth is that the Insta fitness influencers are real and post real photographs. That is 99.9% .9 of the time, absolute nonsense. They're angled, they're fake, um, they're using apps to make themselves look a certain way. There are several, if you saw the Irish account um, Fit Fan Failures a couple of years ago, who called a lot of these influencers out on the photographs they were posting relative to the actual photographs. They were more ripped, they were bigger or smaller than um, with the picture they're posting than they actually are in person. My thing here is I'm not, I don't get why uh, people follow the fitness influencers who just post basically naked selfies all day long. By the voyeurism of it, I don't get what, you, what people get from it um, in terms of health. I think if you're following a fitness page on Instagram or on any social media platform, it should be giving you content to improve your health. Uh, I don't see how a photograph of someone sticking their bum out at a certain angle to make it look bigger or smaller is giving you absolutely anything in terms of motivation. If anything, I think it's demotivating. So picking your fitness accounts that you follow is crucial. Just being aware of the fact there, there are so many things out there. There are apps which can, can create uh, visuals a certain way. There's photograph editors, there's, um, there's mirror angles, there's a whole host of tricks that can make things look a certain way. And most of the time, from what I've seen, they aren't real. Uh, do keep an eye on this, because I'm, I'm on the show, we are just putting together possibly one of our most interesting episodes yet. It's not going to come down the line for a couple of weeks yet. We're just starting to research at the moment where we are going to look at the top, uh, some of the top uh, Instagram uh, accounts in Ireland by that are fitness pages and see we're bringing in some experts to have a look at how the quality of the posting, what they're posting, whether they're qualified, whether they're not. And we're going to reveal the results uh, over the very, very soon. It's going to be the next couple of weeks at some stage. So tune into that one. It's going to be absolutely fascinating because no one has done it yet. And we're dying to do it. Um, okay, I'll move on. Number nine. Uh, ten, I do my 10,000 steps a day, which means I'm really, really healthy. No, it's a myth. Uh, it's a total myth. 10,000 steps is a lovely marketed number. And yes, it's better than doing nothing. And it's good to have a target to work towards. But those 10,000 steps, the intensity of those steps is crucial. Most of the time, they're very low intensity. You're never getting out of breath. A lot of them are just strolling around. When the body's strolling like that, you're getting very little from it. The, the actual benefit to the body is minimal. You might burn some calories. You might de-stress a little bit. You might, you know, you're moving a little bit more. But does it equate to actual health because you hit 10,000? No, it doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with your health, really. Yet, you're healthier than if you didn't do them. But the key thing is those 10,000 steps have to be intense. You've got to move hard enough to get the heart rate up a little bit, to force the body to adapt. Then, yes, they are healthy. A lot of the new trackers will now have active calories and active steps as opposed to passive, which is brilliant. So they are learning and they are getting better at kind of reporting the different step counts, which is fantastic. If you have one, great. If you don't, just be aware, those 10,000 steps need to be intensive to force the body to be healthier, to make it change and make it get, get healthier. That's what you have to do. Okay, number 10. Um, this, I, again, I see it a huge amount, which is that you can spot reduce one part of your body. When we do our Q&As on Instagram on every Sunday or every uh, Friday and Saturday, 
I get this all the time. How can I reduce my left leg? How can I reduce my right arm? How can I reduce my waistline? Spot reduction is not possible to do. You can't just pick one body part and, add, and, and do an exercise to make it change. The body doesn't quite work like that. Any body part or any part of your body that you want to improve is a three-fold uh, approach. And I chatted about it earlier on. It's food, it's cardio, and it's resistance. They're your three components for any body part that you want to change. Food is 60 to 70%. You've got to eat healthier. Uh, in my opinion, that's three meals a day with two snacks in between, eating every three hours. Porridge or eggs for breakfast, uh, protein and salad or protein and veg for lunch, and then protein and veg for dinner with half the plate's veg, two liters of water, and a fruit and uh, like an apple and some cashew nuts as a snack in between each uh, meal. That's how I see healthy eating with the odd treat at the weekend. Uh, in terms of cardio, again, it's intensive. So it's, it's getting slightly out of breath or getting fully out of breath, depending on your fitness level and what you're doing. But that's the that, that will ensure you're getting the, the right type of cardio. And then the resistance work where it's a full body workout. I don't see the need for split sessions generally. I think you should get all your body parts worked in one workout, which is less than an hour max in the gym, um, so that you get all your resistance work done. Uh, and those three things will get the reduction or the improvements or the changes physically that you're looking for in your body. You can't just pick one area. How are you getting on? I tore through that. We got lots of content, lots of information. It's brilliant to get the platform like this to be able to talk about things like these because they are people say them to me all the time and they're, they're, they're just 10 really simple things that we know if we can educate people that they are going to be a lot healthier. So again, write them down. Pick the ones that you know. Pick the ones that you um, that you didn't know, and you know, spread the word with friends. Again, I'll to review. I'll review them before we finish. One is sit ups for a six pack. Nope, can't do it. Uh, go hard or go home is the only way to exercise. Nope, it's not. Uh, running is better than walking. Definitely not. Weights will bulk you up. Nope, it's really hard to do. Uh, you're too old to exercise. Never. Uh, number six, muscle is heavier than fat. Nope, they weigh the exactly the same. Seven, health is expensive. Uh-uh, it's not. It's certain. It's If anything, it's cheap. Uh, eight, Insta Fitness and Insta Fitness influencers are real. No, they're not. Generally, very few post real stuff. Um, and you'll know the ones who don't because it's very, very easy to see. Uh, number nine, 10,000 steps means I'm healthy. No, it doesn't. Not unless they're active steps. And even at that, try and do it a little bit more. Uh, and number 10, I can spot reduce. No, you can't. You got to do full body workouts. And that's really, really important. Folks, as ever, um, thank you so much for listening in to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Health here. Last week, we ran a competition and we have had a huge response to it. So much so that I actually want to extend it. And I'm going to extend it until the end of this month. So we've got five of my lovely books to give away. Uh, I'll sign them and post them out to you. Um, all you have to do is to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts on iTunes. Um, and then you'll go into the draw at the end of the month and we'll announce the, the winners uh, live on the podcast um, that you tune into. And uh, it's very, very simple. Just rate and review and you're in with a chance to win. As ever, if you have any questions, you know where we are. We're at Carl Henry PT on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I do my Q&As there on a, on a Friday and on a Saturday every single week. So any questions you have generally about health just come on the instagram page and you can tune you can ask me the questions there uh, and it's real health at independent.ie have a wonderful week i hope you're having a brilliant january and by listening in you're one step closer to long-term health as opposed to the usual january quick fixes above all have a great week and we shall see you soon slonga full leia healthcare it's good to live 
proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.